Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Wild Card Weekend Preview of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by my bookie. The playoffs are here, guys, and luckily our beloved are in attendance for a change instead of being at home watching it along with everybody else. And if you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay, pick three games to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn 100 into 600. And so much to bet on. You got the college football playoff championship next weekend, or next Monday, I should say. College basketball, NBA, NHL, esports, and of course, our beloved Chicago Bears taking on the Eagles and the other three wildcard games this weekend. There's plenty for you to sink your teeth into on my bookie. I recommend these guys because I trust them. They've been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is so easy to use. Sign up this week, and MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. Also, make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention in DM, not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use the promo code BEARS25 to get your 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code BEARS25. MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Now let's talk about these playoffs. This week on the Bears Talk Underground. In the past, when the calendar turned to a new year, the Bears were looking ahead to the offseason, free agency, and the draft. But instead, as 2018 turns to 2019, our beloved are gearing up for their first postseason run since 2010 by welcoming the defending champion Eagles to Soldier Field on Sunday. Can the Bears keep this run going, or will the champs end it for us? Matt Martellucci of the Armchair Bird Gang joins us on the Wild Card Round Preview episode of The Bears Talk Underground. It's wild card weekend, and our beloved Chicago Bears are going to be a part of it because, as I said, for the first time since 2010, the Bears are in the playoffs. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the wild card weekend preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. This is only the second time in the history of the Bears Talk Underground slash Chicago Bears review that we have postseason games to talk about that the Bears are actually involved in. I mean, usually at this point, we're reviewing the year. We're doing the year in review episode uh, the week after the week 17, not talking about a postseason run that the Bears have a very good chance of going deep into. So, but uh, in order to go deep, we got to get past the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday at Soldier Field. Matt Martellucci of the Armchair All-Americans, uh, my new network, will be joining us here in a little bit to help us preview this game. Uh, Matt is part of the Armchair Bird Gang, 
that uh, writes about the Philadelphia Eagles. Don't have a podcast yet for the Eagles, but he's the he's the the writer for the for for the Philadelphia page. Kind of like SB Nation has one for every team. He represents the Eagles for Armchair, just like I represent the Bears uh, for Armchair. But I do it with my podcast and the 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 spoken word instead of the written one. So. But we'll have him on here in a few minutes to talk about the game. A roller coaster year. We, we, we kind of chronicle the season because it has been, you know, this was supposed to be a team that was supposed to basically pick up where it left off, even though it left off with a world championship uh, last year. They had very little, you know, roster turnover. Everybody was coming back. Uh, Carson Wentz was going to be healthy early in the year, and if not at the start of it. And even if they didn't get Carson Wentz to start, they had Nick Foles, who's the reigning MVP, uh, the reigning Super Bowl uh, MVP. So everything was going to be fine. They were going to get some guys healthy. Jason Peters is going to come back after missing like the second half of the year, uh, I believe with an ACL uh, injury uh, as well. Everything and one of the better defenses uh, in football. And instead, they started off two and three, went all the way to four and six. They had the disastrous blowout loss, 48 to seven to New Orleans, uh, you know, on the road. And that's where basically everyone's like, all right, well, we can forget about the Eagles doing anything this year. I mean, that's the best team in the NFL. And they were nowhere near like they didn't even deserve to share the field uh, with the Saints that day. And somehow they fought and clawed and scratched their way to winning five out of their last six to get themselves in a position to uh, they had to do what they had to do and then get a little help from yours truly, the beloved Chicago Bears, to earn that playoff berth. So um, it was crazy up and down year. We, we kind of chronicle the season and then talk about what we expect to see this Sunday. So before we get to that, we've got a bunch of things uh, to get to real quick. I mean, most importantly, let's just go ahead and talk about it uh, right now. The, uh, the injury reports uh, for both teams – this is the most names I've seen on a Bear injury report this year. That is also, that is good and bad all at the same time. Uh, the good news, uh, however, is that most of the names on this list have been full participants this week uh, in practice. Uh, Taylor Gabriel uh, left the game on Sunday against the Vikings with a rib injury. Um, he has been full participation both on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Kyle Long was full participation on Wednesday, got a veteran day off today, so he didn't practice, but he's good to go. Uh, Anthony Miller, with his shoulder injury, has been full participation this week, as has been Allen Robinson with the, ring, with the rib injury that kept him out of the game against Minnesota, full participation Wednesday and Thursday. Now, the two big names that we want to know about, the ones that have missed the last two games against the 49ers and Vikings, Eddie Jackson, Aaron Lynch, Neither of them practiced on Wednesday. Aaron Lynch is nursing that elbow injury. Uh, Eddie Jackson with the ankle injury. Thank you very much, Soldier Field Turf. But Thursday, some light at the end of the tunnel for Eddie Jackson. He was limited on Thursday. So went out there, did some things, you know, participated a bit in practice. Aaron Lynch, on the other hand, still hasn't been out to uh, practice yet. So tomorrow's going to be a big day for both guys. Will Aaron Lynch be limited and then you know, questionable, probable, whatever for for uh, Sunday's game. And, and more importantly, Eddie Jackson. Uh, we're going to need Eddie on Sunday because the Eagles like to throw the ball downfield, and Eddie Jackson's one of the best center fielders in football. So uh, especially with Alshon coming to town on Sunday and the deep balls, the 50-50s that, uh, that he's so good at catching, we're going to need a guy like Eddie Jackson out there to, uh, to help 
uh, Kyle and uh, Prince on the uh, on the back end. So uh, hopefully he'll be good to go on Friday and he'll practice again. And then, uh, you know, hopefully he'll be listed as something other than doubtful, because if it's doubtful, it's 75 percent chance that he won't play uh, on Sunday. Now, guys who have been listed as doubtful have played before, but, you know, I just I want to see questionable. I want to see probable for for Eddie Jackson. I don't want to see doubtful after practice uh, tomorrow. And Aaron Lynch, you know, I want to see Aaron Lynch out there. Absolutely. But we can survive a lot better without Aaron Lynch than we can without Eddie Jackson, especially against this opponent uh, on Sunday. So hopefully Aaron Lynch can play. But I think we'll be okay without him. Eddie Jackson, on the other hand, would make for uh, a very difficult Sunday, I think. I think we'll still win, but I think things could get interesting. You know, in all due respect to Deion Bush, he's not Eddie Jackson. So hopefully Eddie can play on Sunday, even if he's at uh, 85 or 90%. I think that will be plenty good enough for him to play on Sunday. The Eagles, on the other hand, lots of names on, on their list. Um, Michael Bennett, uh, brother of former Bear Martellus Bennett, uh, has been out this week with a foot injury, has not practiced yet this week. Fletcher Cox, somebody that will be somebody we want to focus on heavily uh, this coming Sunday, has been limited with a knee injury. Uh, Nick Foles, who Matt and I talk about uh, quite a bit during the show, uh, limited with those rib injuries, and it's on his throwing side too, so that can make things uh, very interesting on Sunday if we get, uh, if we get, if we can get our hands on him. That can definitely change the game for sure. Was limited on Wednesday, full participation on Thursday, so he's good to go for Sunday. Uh, Cornerback Sidney Jones has not practiced yet this week with a hamstring injury. Jason Kelsey, their starting center, the guy that uh, (laughs) had like the crazy costume uh, for their celebration uh, when they won the Super Bowl last year. He had some like, you know, some crazy like 70s pimp outfit on or something like that when he was out there making his uh, speech during the Super Bowl celebration. Limited on uh, Wednesday, full go with a uh, knee injury on Thursday, so he's good to go. Uh, Jason Peters, who I mentioned a moment ago, nursing a quadricep injury. He's been limited this week. Uh, Wendell Smallwood, running back that uh, Matt and I talk about, uh, limited today with a hand injury, was not on the injury list yesterday on Wednesday, so we'll see what happens there. And then Mike Wallace, wide receiver, limited with an ankle injury. And Carson Wentz. Um, has not been officially shipped off to injured reserve, is uh, no participation whatsoever with that back injury that's kept him out of the lineup the last several weeks. So that's a lot of big names on that team. But I think they're mostly just banged up as opposed to not being, you know, they're they're hurt, they're not injured. You know what I'm saying? So for anyone who's seen the program, one of the greatest football movies of all time. So there you have it with the uh, injuries, and that's uh, plenty of time devoted to that because – We're banged up more this week than we have been all season long, so that's a great thing and a bad thing all at the same time. But like I said at the top of of the segment, most of the guys on the list are full participation and will be good to go uh, on Sunday. Just want to keep your eyes on the status of Eddie Jackson after practice tomorrow and and what designation the Bears give him going into the – into the weekend the one that we don't want to see is doubtful we don't want to see doubtful for eddie jackson we want questionable that's the worst that we want that's 50 50 questionable is 50 50 so that's what we want to see for eddie jackson so we can have some hope going into uh the weekend a couple more things before we get to uh, my talk with matt 
Uh, Mitch Trubisky listed by Bleacher Report as the biggest concern for the Bears heading into this uh, playoff run. Uh, They listed, like, what's the biggest concern for all 12 teams? Made it to the postseason. For the Chiefs, it was their defense. Uh, for the uh, for the Eagles, it was their I think their running game or something like that. Uh, for the Bear, actually, I think it was Nick Foles. I think they talked about it being Nick Foles. For the Rams, it was Jared Goff. I mean, the last uh, you know they started twelve and one, uh, and then the Bears uh, you know kind of brought him down to reality. He looked really bad against Chicago. Did not look much better against the uh, the Eagles a week a week later. Uh, also on Sunday Night Football. And uh, kind of looking like somebody that whose cage can be rattled if you can get to him. You, he can start making some silly throws, some bad decisions, uh, that kind of thing. So he's a big concern for the Rams. Ends up being the quarterback for us as well uh, for the Chicago Bears. It's not untrue. Uh, I'd say that Matt, or excuse me, Mitch, not Matt, Mitch, has been a lot more stable the last few weeks uh, of the season, even though he's not lighting up the uh, – the stat board, he only had 163 yards passing against the uh, against the Giants this past Sunday. Or excuse me, not the Giants, the Vikings this past Sunday. Had about two, 240, 230, something like that against the 49ers on that 25 of 29 day. Uh, you know, he's it's been much better since that. Since that Rams game, despite the uh, the three turnovers and the and the 110 yards, he's been a lot more efficient. hasn't thrown an interception in the last few weeks, uh, and his quarterback rating is very good. So I think he's more stable uh, coming into the into the postseason on on a on a upswing, if you will. You know, playing playing mistake free football, and with our defense, that's all we need out of Mitch. We don't need him to be Patrick Mahomes and throw 50 touchdown passes for us we don't need him to be Lamar Jackson and run for a buck 50 on top of another 200 yards and a touchdown uh, or anything like that we don't need to lean on Mitch the way that that those other teams need to lean on their quarterbacks the way that Philly is going to need to lean on Nick Foles the way that uh the 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 Chargers are going to lean on Phillip Rivers and things like that it's it's a much better situation for Mitch to be in right now when we have the best defense we're playing a home game there's not a lot of pressure on Mitch. If, if anything, the pressure is on our defense to show up uh, once again. There's no, there's no real pressure on Mitch. To be honest with you, I mean, if the, any pressure that Mitch puts, uh, that Mitch feels, will be pressure that he's putting on himself. And that's the, that's the mental game. That's the self-imposed, um, you know, guilt, pressure, whatever you, you want to call it. So that's going to be on uh, Dave Ragone, our quarterbacks coach. Uh, Helfrich, our, our our OC, and of course Matt Nagy, uh, the head coach himself, to keep Matt. Uh, I keep wanting to say Matt because I've just said Matt for the last hour straight. Uh, Mitch uh, Trubisky to keep him focused, keep his mind right, keep him confident. You know, not that he's mentally weak or anything like that, but keeping him in the right frame of mind going into this all important game on Sunday, making sure that he keeps focus where it needs to be, as opposed to trying to guilt himself into some kind of. Uh, you know, trying to force things like he was in that Rams game. He's been a lot more under control since he came in. It was his first game back after injury, huge game, national stage, home game, you know, best team in football, so on and so forth. And he pressed, he pressed. He doesn't need to press. And I think he's been figuring that out uh, the last uh, three weeks of the season. You know, he outplayed Aaron Rodgers when we beat the Packers a few weeks ago. Did everything that we needed him to do against San Francisco, even though he didn't he didn't have to throw the ball, you know, farther downfield and you know the fifteen to twenty yard routes. 
because he took what the 49ers were giving him, which was the short passing game, and we turned those uh, into big plays. And then last week, only 163 yards passing, but he made every single yard count, and that one touchdown drive in the uh, fourth quarter that pretty much sealed the game for the Bears, that 16-play, 75-yard drive that was over nine minutes long, that was the dagger for the Bears and Mitch was perfect on that drive, had a lot of key third down throws, extending the drive, moving the chains, keeping the momentum with the Bears. If he can do that two or three times against the Eagles, we'll win this game easily uh, on Sunday. We don't need Mitch to do much, and that's the beauty of where the team is at right now. We don't need the team to do much, and the other beautiful thing about our offense is that, granted, we paid Allen Robinson $14 million a year to be the number one receiver, but... We're spreading the ball around every single week, and, and that's something that's been talked about quite a bit. I'll talk more about that after, uh, after the Matt uh, Martellucci interview when, when we kind of uh, make my picks and, and my assessment of the uh, football game. But that's something that's worked out really, really well this year um, despite uh, paying Allen Robinson number one wide receiver money. We haven't really needed him to be a, one, a number one receiver because we have all this other uh, talent. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, Khalil Mack, number two overall in jersey sales, uh, uh, according to NFLShop.com, number two behind Tom Brady, um, the only uh, the only player ahead of Mack in, in jersey sales, and Khalil Mack, the only defensive player in the top ten. It's all you know, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, you know your your usual suspects as far as offensive players. Khalil Mack at number two and only Tom Brady ahead of him. So <laughs> that's not bad. Uh, he was number 18, it said in the article, 18 overall last year, climbed up to number two, uh, wreaking havoc for our beloved Chicago Bears. And then finally, I don't know why he did it. It's bulletin board material, uh, you know, at best. And Matt and I talk about it for a bit. But uh, Alshon Jeffrey, not necessarily known as being the sharpest knife in the drawer, uh, when was asked by the press on uh, the, earlier this week about returning to Chicago, how did he feel about it? And, you know, I know you have some love for the city of Chicago. And he's like, man, I love the city of Philadelphia. Chicago was just where I used to work. Really, dude? Really? Just that's all you have to say about Chicago? Now, I don't know if that's some kind of animosity between you know, because he didn't necessarily leave Chicago on the best terms. Maybe it was an odds with uh, Ryan Pace and, you know, what Ryan Pace was offering to bring him back. And, uh, you know, because I do believe the Bears did want him to come back last year in 2017. God knows we all wanted him to after, you know, we we made the moves that we didn't make in, in the offseason uh, last year. As a matter of fact, not shining Alsh- signing Alshon was the reason I didn't want the Bears to draft a quarterback last year it was like we have no one for the quarterback to throw to do not draft a quarterback it'll be a disastrous year for the kid we could ruin him that was the one thing was like, and then we've set the franchise back even further by drafting the quarterback of course Ryan Pace that's why he's the GM and I'm not <laughs> went ahead and drafted Trubisky and it's worked out just fine but you know maybe that's what happened maybe he's got a little uh animosity not necessarily towards Chicago because he did later on take it back he did I think it, he either tweeted or he posted something on Instagram about yes he did love the city of Chicago and the fans and blah 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 I think his beef is more with 
the front office than maybe even so the organization uh, or anything like that. So, but nonetheless, you know, there's enough storyline going into this thing. The Bears show up every single week, which has been my favorite thing about this team this year is that we come ready to play. How many times over the years, especially during the Fox and Tressman years, have you heard me say in knee-jerk reactions, we don't look like we're ready to play, we come out flat, we're playing catch-up, blah, blah, blah. I have not said that once this year. Actually, maybe I just said it once this year. That game against Arizona, that disastrous start we got into in the first quarter where they jumped out ahead 14 to nothing right off the bat, that's the only time I've ever really seen the Bears come out flat or, quote-unquote, not ready to play. But in the other 15 games, we've come out kicking ass in the first half. I mean, think I think the Arizona game is the only one we didn't lead at halftime uh, this year. Maybe the Patriots game or something like that. But for the most part, the Bears have led almost every game this year at halftime, which means we come ready to play in the first half. So, um, you know, when, when when we've got a team like that, you're going to throw fuel on the fire? Not exactly the best idea. So we'll see how that all hands, how handles itself on Sunday when, when Alshon comes to town in the wrong color uniform uh, with the Eagles. So I think that's going to – oh, no, no, wait. One more thing. I was debating on whether I should save this for the end of the show. I'm just going to go ahead and do it now. Uh, this has nothing to do with football, just uh, me wanting to pay tribute to somebody who was a big part uh, of my childhood – uh, I was a big wrestling fan uh, as a kid. Saturday mornings, every Saturday morning, watching Wrestling Challenge or or any of the other Saturday morning wrestling shows for the WWF uh, at the time. Mean Gene Okerlund uh, passed away yesterday. Uh, as a matter of fact, he was 76 years old. I can hear his head. He's the soundtrack to my childhood when it came to to, to World Wrestling Federation events and you know. Of course, uh, Hulk Hogan starting every interview. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene, uh, every single time, you know, whether it be one of those uh, promos that they would cut to to promote a, a local show, um, you know, those little interviews they used to do in the back. And, you know, every Saturday night's main event, he talked to everybody before they went out uh, and hit the arena and everything. Mean Gene was all over that, even though he switched sides in the mid-'90s and went to WCW. And but he did come back home to the WWF uh, before the end of his uh, his career and uh, just one of the more iconic people, uh, you know, announcer an interviewer, a ring, uh, you know, not even so much a play by play guy. He was he just interviewed the the wrestlers and, and helped put them over and make them household names. You know, the one of my favorite things about the um, the Macho Man box set that I have, because the Macho Man, if if it wasn't Hulk Hogan, it was the Macho Man. Those were my guys. But one of my favorite things about the Macho Man box set is that like one of the discs is, a, you know, like extra features and it's nothing but interviews between Mean Gene and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Just that I could watch that thing over and over again. It was one of my favorite things about buying that uh, that box set. Just love that the, to death. But Mean Gene was a big part of that. And watching all those interviews that he did. You know, even though it was like commercial time, there are no matches or anything like that. Watching him talk to those wrestlers and help bring out their personality and, and make them household names in the in those late 80s with the WWF. And then, you know, playing his part with WCW and the NWO back in the day and uh, and everything else. It was, um, you know, I, I posted on Facebook uh, when I basically put it out there. 
you know, me sharing it, not that I'm breaking the news or anything like that, but when I shared it on my timeline on Facebook, the uh, caption I put on it was 2019, I'm already not a fan. So you take one of my one of my favorite uh, people, one of my childhood icons in Mean Gene Okerlund, me in 2019 aren't speaking right now. So anyway, uh, rest in peace, Mean Gene. And I'm sure I got plenty of wrestling fans listening to this, you know, throw one up for Mean Gene when you hit your knees tonight. So anyway, that's going to do it for the news and notes. We're going to bring on Matt Martellucci from the Armchair Bird Gang to help us preview the wild card matchup between our beloved Chicago Bears and the defending world champion, Philadelphia Eagles. For our first trip back to the postseason since 2010, our beloved are hosting uh, a wild card game, but of course we have to take on the defending world champion Philadelphia Eagles in order to do it. And here to help us out, our very first crossover armchair episode from the Armchair Bird Gang, my, my fellow armchair brethren, Matt Martellucci. Matt, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Larry. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be on the show. And so since you're new uh, to our show and when we have when we have new friends on the show, we're going to call uh-huh. you a friend for now, Matt. We'll see how that goes by the end of the conversation. Um, I was your friend last week. Well, yeah, sure. you sure. Absolutely. So <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's right. You you love us right now. So that's, yeah, that's for it's sure. A, it's a very weird dynamic I have going on. Yeah, right there's now. a lot of like <laughs> viral clips. Let's go Bears. Let's go Bears. Like, wow. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, you're welcome then. So anyway. Um, we like to ask the new friends uh, on the show the same questions, uh, just to kind of a getting to know you thing. Uh, where are you from originally? Where are you now, if that's different? And then, of course, what is your favorite memory as an Eagles fan? And I'm not going to let you cheat and pick last year's Super Bowl, so you got to pick another one. <laughs> that is burned into my, into my memory right now. <laughs> um, so I'm from Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, okay. which is about uh, 45, 50 minutes outside of Philadelphia. And then I moved into Philadelphia around 2014. Currently living here now. Okay. And my favorite memory uh, was actually my first ever Eagles game uh, with my dad. It was the playoff game against Michael Vick where uh, Brian Dawkins actually knocked him out of the game when he scored on a touchdown. And I don't think I've ever heard a wider variety of curse words and attacks (laughs) at the other players in my entire life. Yeah. So I think that's where I kind of fell in love with the Eagles during that moment. Was that the 04 championship game? Uh, no, no, no. This was um, a wild card game. It was a wild card game. Okay. Yeah. All right, because you guys actually beat the Falcons to go to Super Bowl 39 against the mm-hmm. against the, Pat, the yep, Pats. Against the Patriots. Lost that yep, one. Yes, that was uh, that was not a good day for me. Yeah, the, the, the vomit game, the famous vomit game, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you know, as I said before, you're welcome. Welcome to the postseason. Uh, you guys did the work you needed to do, winning six out of your last seven to make the playoffs. The only thing that bothers me about people calling you guys the hottest team in the NFL right now is that the Bears are into the postseason winning nine of their last ten. So, but that's just my own bias right there. We started three and three, finished 12 and four. I think that's a hotter streak than six out of seven, but 
That's just me. But uh, I'm not here to be yeah, combative, I, was about I promise. I say the, uh, the one team I did not want to see in the playoffs was the Bears. <laughs> and so, that's funny because that's, that's literally the only way you were getting in. So, I mean, that's uh, – it was a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. And trust me, uh, on this side of the ledge, there was also a lot of talk about should we let the Vikings win because we know we can beat them? Do we want to play the Eagles in the postseason? There was that kind of talk. Ultimately, it's like, well, the game is going to be at home. We're pretty much you know, unbeatable at home. We've only lost one contest early in the season. Uh, you know, at at Soldier Field, you know, we played the Rams and, and beat them up pretty good. We anyone that's come to Soldier Field, aside from that first loss to the to the Patriots, has gone very, very well uh, for the Bears. But it's like if you had to choose between Minnesota and Philadelphia, believe me, the, the votes were heavy on the Minnesota side. We wanted the Vikings coming to town uh, instead of the Eagles, just in case that whole hottest team in the NFL thing did carry over into this weekend. So, you, you know, the, the feeling is mutual. You didn't want to see us yeah. in the postseason. We didn't really want to see you. But mm-hmm. the stars aligned, and it's going to happen this weekend. So yep. there you yep, have it. it. So let's talk about your team, man. You guys did win six out of seven. But I'm more interested in talking about how the, how the, game, how the year started uh, for you guys with the um, – you know, you got the, the, the annual let's, let's raise the banner win on Thursday night against the Falcons and then lost three out of the last four after that, including the, you know, you know Tampa Bay. You beat Indianapolis in, in Carson Wentz's first game back, and then you, go, you lose two straight, one at Tennessee and then the second one at, uh, at home uh, against the Vikings. Let, let's talk about that first quarter of the season. What happened there, I mean, because Nick Foles didn't really come out of the gates like he finished the season. He didn't start it the same way. So Wentz comes in, you, you get a win over the over the uh, the Colts, and then you lose two straight after that. Yeah, so coming in, Nick Foles, I mean, after that Super Bowl run, expectations were through the roof for his performance. Right. So I think fans are a little bit disappointed in um, what they saw, but I think they were more disappointed in our defense because last year – the defense is really what carried us, I would say. And in particular, in in the first quarter of the season, um, Jim Schwartz's play calling was atrocious. Hmm. Specifically in the Titans game, we were up almost the whole game, dominating. And they come back and beat us. And there's one play that stands out in my mind. It was a fourth and something, fourth and long. And Rodney, not, not Rodney McLeod, sorry. Corey Graham is sitting back at the line at the uh, first down marker and won't come off his spot to guard the guy a yard in front of him, and he dies for the first down. And it was just those little subtleties that Jim Schwartz just would not change in his defensive scheme that drove me crazy for the first half of the season. I think what cost us a lot of key games. Well, yeah, you, you, you come back a week later, you, you beat the Giants on the road. It seems like you had a lot of trouble winning games at home. Weren't you guys unbeaten at home last year? Yeah, that was actually a shocker this year. Um, at home, the defense always said that they fed off the crowd's energy. They always played better. But uh, they honestly gave up probably more points at home than they did on the road. I don't have stats in front of me, but. Yeah, because the you, yeah. you 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 know you win that game on the road at the Giants. You lost that that tight one to Minnesota the week before. Uh, on a short week, you beat the Giants on Thursday night football, and then after some rest, you come home and and you blow a fourth quarter lead against the 
against the Panthers. And it's that's where I think things really started, like people started to sour on the Eagles or at least like maybe it's a Super Bowl hangover thing. It happens all the time. So you guys didn't appear to be immune uh, from that. But to see the Eagles losing at home when they were so dominant a year ago, it would be like, you know, unfortunately, like if this happens to the Bears in 2019, if we come back to Chicago and we can't win a game in Soldier Field after we went 7-1 and one this past season, it would be shocking to fans see the Bears losing at home uh, in, you know, more than they're winning at this point because you're the first eight games of the season you've lost, uh, you know, what, two, three home games. Right. And I think the I think the play that I was talking about earlier, the fourth down play, was against the Panthers because Rodney McLeod was injured and Corey Graham had to be signed during the season to replace him hmm. as our secondary was completely decimated throughout the season. Um, but I think the biggest loss at home that really stung the most for Eagles fans where people started to turn was that loss to the Cowboys. Yeah. 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 Um, that was one of the most hyped games I think I've been in for the city, obviously besides the Super Bowl and all that. Um, but just, that was a, that was an absolute heartbreaker. Just giving up 14 in the fourth quarter, not being able to stop them. And that was, I think the pinnacle of Jim Schwartz's just poor play calling late in games where he would just have, play prevent defense, let them drive down the field, and have opportunity to score late in the game. And you're talking about the one at home, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. they dropped that one 27 to, to 20. And then basically the week after that at New Orleans, losing 48-7, to seven, that's where most people started writing off the Eagles. Like they're done. They're four and – I think you guys were four and six at the time. You know, th- yep. this is it. They're 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 done. I mean, it's just it's the Super Bowl hangover thing. It's just not going to be their year. You know, they they've had they've gotten beaten up in the secondary and got beat up ten times more, giving up forty eight to the to the uh, to the Saints and had to score late to avoid a shutout uh, and everything mm-hmm. like that. That's where the you know everybody kind of closed the book uh, on the on the Eagles at that point, and everyone was looking at the Rams, the Saints, the Bears, and such as the contenders you know, in the in the NFC because the champs were done. Yeah, definitely. And it wasn't that we just got beat. We got absolutely slaughtered by right. the Saints. And that was sort of a benchmark game because, as you said, the Saints and the Rams were the top dogs in the NFC. So to kind of test our playoff strength, we needed to show up against that Saints team, and it was just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it was um... – not pretty. And, and, you know, a lot of questions about how, you know, Carson Wentz playing into the fourth quarter when you're down 40 points and just a lot of scrutiny about the team and and what they were doing at that point in the season. Like the golden touch that Doug Peterson had a year ago just wasn't working anymore. Definitely. I think then that's when the uh, conversation was brought up about uh, Frank's, Frank Wright's presence really being felt. Um, just having him on the sideline kind of hubbing Dougie out with, some situations maybe that he was comfortable with running maybe giving him some different looks um i think people started really realizing that frank wright was a vital vital component to the team sure sure i mean but you bounce back from that uh from that win or loss excuse me with two wins over the over the giants and the redskins and and you know not that big a surprise to most people the giants not a very good football team this year the Redskins had lost Alex Smith at that point and were struggling to, or was that the game that he got hurt? No, so that was the game Cole McCoy got hurt. Okay, all right. And so Mark Sanchez had to come in the game. Mark Sanchez. 
Oh, and he is, I have very fond memories of Mark Sanchez after he goes quarterback. <laughs> I bet you do. Um, but then, you know, the, 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 the shine on making it back to 500 is knocked off on Thanksgiving Day. Hell of a football game between you guys and the Eagles. That was Thanksgiving Day. No, mm-hmm. it wasn't. No, it wasn't Thanksgiving, was it? It was a... Uh... It was a Sunday no, game. No, no, it was no, yeah, it was Sunday game. game. I'm, I'm looking at it right here. So, but it was uh, overtime game, 29-23. That crazy play play, play uh, to uh, Amari Cooper. The defender makes the play and somehow tips it up in the air just well mm-hmm. enough for Cooper to grab it and run it in for the touchdown. That defender, who I don't know who it was, I'm sure you'll tell me, but that guy wanted to shoot himself after that play, like he literally was broken after Amari Cooper caught that touchdown pass. Yeah, Russell Douglas. He's uh, he's had an up and down year. He's the third year cornerback uh, out of West Virginia. Um, but over the past couple games, he's been playing very very well. So, but it's like you know you 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 lose that game at Dallas, and that was kind of like your shot to come back. You're 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 back to five hundred. You 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 know you beat the 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 Cowboys. I believe you may have been in first place if you win that game because the Cowboys were you know, around 500, kind of digging their own self out of a three and five hole uh, at that point uh, in the season. And instead you miss out, you're swept by the Cowboys this year. So again, everyone's like, okay, well that was Philadelphia's shot. Then, you know, they're done. Oh wait, let's go to Sunday night football against the Rams in LA and kick their ass. What the hell, man? That was honestly the soccer of the year. I went to that game just thinking this is going to be the last one of the last games I'll watch this season. Let's just have, <laughs> have a good game, maybe a competitive game, see some of the young guys play. Um, and Nick Foles came back that game, um, see him play again, and Alshon was honestly the difference in that. No one could stop him. He went off for 160. Yeah, 160 on eight catches, um, caught all eight targets. Foles was feeling them all night and then our unsung hero of the year after part of the year Wendell Smallwood um, he's been kind of a spellback for our backfield since it's been kind of a rotation and two have been injured in and out he had two touchdowns that game nice so then you follow that up you, a you, real difference so you, so you come home a week later with the Texans and pull out a last second victory on 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 that one to give yourselves a chance to play your way in and get some help week 17 against the uh redskins who are a beaten and broken team at this point i mean they they started out the year very very well but after they lost alex smith it was all downhill uh from there so it was just about a winning the game and b trying to get out as healthy as humanly possible and then get on your knees and pray that the bears can take care of the vikings in minnesota where we historically do not win a lot of football games and yet Mm-hmm. You guys won on an e- very easily. We won very easily. Set up Sunday's matchup. And that was honestly um, the one thing I was nervous about was at halftime I was constantly checking Twitter just to see if uh, Nagy was going to pull starters or what was going to happen in the second half. They were just going to like kind of lay down. So that had me on the edge of my seat all Sunday. <laughs> So it works out uh, because Nagy was more hell-bent on winning and burying the Vikings than he was about resting starters. Um, and we thought there was a little bit of uh, 
hindsight 2020 when a couple of our receivers you know were taken out of the game with some bumps and bruises but they've all been full participants this week in practice so as a no harm no foul probably more precautionary matter than anything else taking them out of the game when they got banged up but uh you know how is Nick Foles doing because he was a casualty of Sunday's game yes he left the game with a um chest injury it was called and he got x-rays on his ribs and he is uh good to go he practiced today actually so okay well I think Dr. Dr. Mack and Dr. Hicks and Dr. Floyd would like to uh Examine those ribs on Sunday, if that's okay. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the cold weather, that's not going to help at all. Well, you know, it's actually only going to be about 40 degrees outside. So the whole oh, okay. frigid, you know, uh, frozen soldier field kind of thing. It's uh, But you guys are a cold weather team anyway, so I wasn't really yeah. anticipating it that being that big a deal. However, the fans have been really into the team this year, obviously. And that has been a big difference in in those big Sunday night games against the Vikings and the Rams playing a huge part in it. So that's the part where you guys might have to go up against something. But you guys play at, uh, at the link, and you're very well uh, versed in, in rabid fan bases. So, uh, you know, it yeah, might just yeah. be, you know, whoever the best team is on Sunday will win as opposed to a home field advantage or anything like that. Very true, very true. So what can we expect from this from this Eagles team? I mean, this crazy roller coaster up and down year Wentz is the you know we start with Foles we go to Wentz Wentz goes down Foles comes back in you know and and somehow you guys still manage to kind of forgive the forgive the phrase back your way in uh to the playoffs when everybody thought you were done five weeks ago but here you are now ready to represent and defend your world championship Mm-hmm. so I think we're gonna uh expect a very very feisty Eagles team I mean they scratched and clawed their way this entire season through injuries, through everything, through people writing them off. Uh, but the one thing I am very nervous about is that Bears defensive line because our offensive line is played decent this year, but we've uh, had some injuries. Um, Jason Peters' age has been catching up to him, mm. so he has been dealing with some stuff, and he's obviously going to be matched up against Khalil Mack, who I think could absolutely wreck this game. Um, That's but the great thing about Dougie him. P, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a game record, a definition of one. So I think Dougie P, knowing that, is going to utilize Darren Sproles a lot because he's quite honestly one of our best uh, pass blockers. And he's going to try to use a quick strike passing attack just to get the ball in Foles' hands because if Khalil Mack is anywhere near him, he'll be sacked. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's uh, that's a, a, a sound strategy. It has worked against us. Uh, in the past, but uh, lately, uh, even even guys like Akeem Hicks have gotten real good at getting their hands up. And you know, uh, you know, Hicks in the last two weeks defended like five five passes. He had three against uh, San Francisco for sure, and at least one against Minnesota uh, this past Sunday. So that's so the defensive linemen are trying to get more involved as far as you know getting those hands up if they know they're not going to get to the. Uh, the quarterbacks and that's been working so that's something that fold but Foles is super tall so he should be okay uh with that and getting the ball over the um over the crowd so you see so you, you mentioned you know Darren Sproles and this is a guy he didn't start playing until late in the year this year right very late so he was um he came off a he was doing a hamstring injury all year he came back for one game and then had a lead and he re-aggravated it um, he only started playing, I think, week 
2013. Mm. But ever since he's come back, he's been a huge part for this team in the passing game and, as I said, the pass blocking game and the run game. Well, you know we have our own Darren Sproles. Um, <laughs> he's basically been called our Darren yep. Sproles since the moment that we drafted him because, you know, uh, Ryan Pace comes from New Orleans. He he acquired or was part of the, the front office that acquired Darren Sproles from San Diego, and, and they flourished out there for all of those years that um, – you know, with with the drafts and everything that Pace was putting together, especially last year's draft in 2017, the heavily scrutinized draft that it was, even by me, quite honestly. You know, uh, Trubisky was was supposed to be his Drew Brees, uh, Cohen was his Darren Sproles, and Adam Shaheen, our big tight end, the second round pick, was supposed to be our Jimmy Graham. I guess that tall tight end with that huge catch radius and stuff like that. If that kid can keep himself yeah. healthy enough, he might actually be able to live up to that but Sproles is definitely what um uh Cohen has been and definitely somebody that your defense is going to have to key on this weekend yeah he he's honestly one of my favorite players to watch absolutely uh, every yeah. Sunday I always have a uh, the Bears get on to watch him because he's just a highlight reel yeah he's, um, he's been a blast to watch and he he definitely is going to be a, a problem um for our defense we have Jordan Hicks who's been banged up this year he's had Again, an up and down year, as our whole team has. Um, he can cover, but I think Tariq Cohen is just—he's just too quick and too, too speedy to be covered by anybody, really. So, let's talk about this game and the storylines that are kind of coming out of it. So, of course, you have the the familiarity, Nagy and, and Peterson for years working under uh, Andy Reid. Ever what, what five six years in Philadelphia? Another couple in in Kansas City before Peterson goes off to be coach of the Eagles. Then you have the whole brother thing with Chris Long and Kyle Long playing against each other. Kyle gets healthy enough just in time to come back for the uh, playoffs. And while he he probably won't be matched up head to head with his brother very much, the opportunity for them to play against each other is there. Um, so you also have the whole us against the world kind of thing because while there are plenty of people who think that the Eagles can do it there's a lot more who don't think they can against this Bears team on the road at Soldier Field this coming Sunday so there's and then of course the Alshon coming back to Chicago and the stupid garbage that was flying out of his mouth the other day about yeah Chicago <laughs> was just some place I worked I love the city of Philadelphia it's like oh come mm-hmm. on no love for Chicago yeah, that, at all man yeah but, that, that was a love though. that was a love love yeah so I mean just like that's just bulletin board stuff man you don't need to give this team any more fuel to the fire there's plenty all on mm-hmm. its own and you're gonna do that not a very good move on his hand but all of those storylines, you know, making this intriguing on top of the fact that the Bears are one of the main surprise teams this year. The Eagles are the defending champs. They played their way in. They're on a hot streak and everything. So it's like that alone is is what makes this game intriguing. But then you throw in the Nagy Peterson stuff, Chris Long versus Kyle Long, Alshon playing in Chicago again, all that kind of stuff to where there's going to be a ton of eyes on this thing. And then the NFL made it the main event of the weekend with it being the late game on Sunday. Yeah, I think the thing I'm most looking forward to is the uh, game planning strategies of Nagy and Peterson because mm-hmm. they both know each other so well that they're going to know exactly what the other person is thinking, what the other person is going to want to do. So I think we're going to see some very, very interesting play calling this game. 
Yeah, I mean, if Nagy has done nothing but uh, if nothing but keep it interesting uh, yeah. this year, when you send out a formation on purpose that has four defensive linemen in it uh, on offense, <laughs> and you want your main receiver on that play is a backup offensive tackle, you're thinking outside the box. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he's been pretty entertaining to uh, watch. He did it again against. Uh, Minnesota when we had our backup linebacker score a two-point conversion out of the backfield so uh, that was I wouldn't be surprised to see it again yeah this week. so I mean it's it wouldn't surprise me to see something like that uh as well so real quick before we move on any further what's what's the story with with Carson Wentz I mean has he officially been shut down or what's what's going on with him because it it's like his health plus the way Nick Foles has been playing lately has some more you know from some people throwing a cloud over the future there in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, so the original reports that came out said it was a three-month recovery, and he hasn't been designated the IR yet. So I think it's kind of more of an emergency situation where we're just going to list him as an inactive um, for however long we're playing just in case Nick Foles does go down and we do end up winning. Um, so then we can possibly bring him back or maybe have him be QB2 for uh, Nate Sudfeld who would end up being our starter if Nick Foles went down. And how are people feeling about Nate Sudfeld? God forbid. So he, he he's a, uh, a third-year player from the Redskins, okay. and he is a preseason favorite. Everyone okay. loves watching him in the preseason. He actually threw his first touchdown pass last week um, in his first uh, snap, actually. Huh. Okay. Well, uh, one of our preseason favorites got a chance to play last week against the the Vikings in, in Javon Wims. And this was a kid, he was our seventh-round pick this year and was all over the place in the preseason, you know, caught a ton of balls in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, when, the, when the Bears rested their starters for the dress rehearsal against the Chiefs, Javon Wims was one of the starters. He had a 100-yard day against the starters in Kansas City uh, that day, caught an amazing touchdown pass and everything like that. And everyone's like, man, this kid is great, has been inactive for like 13 of the 16 games this year and got to play last week because Allen Robinson was down. So he was active, caught some important uh, passes, but will most likely be inactive this Sunday against the, uh, against the Eagles. So I, I know how you're feeling about watching your preseason favorites actually perform uh, during the, yeah, uh, nice the regular see season. Yeah. It's always nice to see them, uh, see them do good in the regular season. So we're looking at the, I'm looking at your running game right now. And you, you mentioned Smallwood had a decent day against the, Rams and I'm looking at a bunch of names it's like kind of like evenly spread out as far as who's running the football is it is it supposed to be a multi-tiered attack or the DJ Ajay injury kind of set that into motions who can we expect to see running the ball on Sunday yeah it's it's been a a, a very fluid uh running back by committee basically the hot hand is the one that gets the ball most of the time with um Sproles being our third down back now and then um come in was our third down back earlier, but he hit the IR. So I think you're going to see a lot of Josh Adams. He's a rookie out of Notre Dame who came on very strong at the end of the season. And obviously uh, Darren Sproles, I think, will have a huge, huge part in the game. Okay, and then looking at your receiving core, I knew that Zach Ertz was doing well this season. I didn't know that he was 50 catches more than the second guy good this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been having, yeah. He's a lock on third down. 
All right, so he's the guy. Like when the Bears played San Francisco a couple of weeks, if a couple of weeks ago, if we wanted to slow the offense down, we need to keep our hands on George Kittle. We're going to need to keep an eye on Zach Ertz, and you say especially on third down. Yes, especially on third down, and it's weird because he has the same connection with Foles as he did with Wentz. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that would explain 116 catches and nearly 1,200 yards. Uh, receiving yep. <laughs> so you know that's 300 more 300 yards more than Alshon who is second on the team 51 catches more than Alshon who's second uh, in receptions uh, as well now Alshon missed a couple of games early in the year right it was a, was it a shoulder thing that was bugging Alshon yeah, ever, yeah he had a uh, shoulder surgery every all season so he missed the first four weeks I believe how you guys liking Alshon I mean I know that he's I mean when he was in Chicago he was I loved him. He was a dynamic guy, made a lot of bananas catches like the one that he made in the Super Bowl uh, against the uh, the Patriots. He was real good for those. But one of the bad, th- one of the things that he did that drove Bear fans nuts was he could make those out of like how did you do that catches like they were routine and then drop the routine catches. He's he's honestly been pretty. So he's played there for a year and or two years now. Uh huh. He's been very consistent. Um, I would say he's a, probably the fan favorite out of the wide receivers. Sure. I mean, that doesn't sound like, you know, that doesn't sound crazy to me. It's just that, you know, he was a fan favorite here in Chicago, um, but he had a reputation for being able to make those bananas catches where he's jumping over somebody, um, you know, he's keeping his feet inbound. Somehow he came down with that one. Cutler threw up a 50-50 ball and Alshon came down with it. But – if you know he runs a simple hitch route and shows his hands to the quarterback, the quarterback would drill him right between the numbers with the football, and he would drop it. You know there was a touchdown against the Lions that would have won us the game, wide open down the middle of the field. He drops the football. Those are the kind of things that drove Bear fans nuts. He would make the the crazy catches look routine and make the the routine catches look crazy somehow. So it just that was one of the things that frustrated us about Alshon when he was here. That and the fact that the last two years that he was here. He was either injured or suspended uh, in Chicago. So, yeah. you know, it was uh, it was quite a tumultuous uh, ending, and I don't think Ryan Pace was a fan, so maybe that's where some of that animosity came from when he was talking to the press the other day. Yeah, and I think a lot of the fan favoritism for him was he played last year, last season, um, the entire year with a torn rotator cuff. So mm-hmm. he really stuck it out for the team, and Philly fans absolutely love that. Sure, and sure. I. And looking at his um, catch percentage this year, he's uh, he is seventy percent catch percentage. So that's the best of his career. Okay. Well, that so works. So yeah, that hasn't, that hasn't really been. Yeah, I haven't really heard much about um, people being overly upset about him dropping routine balls like that. <laughs> yeah, it must have just been a so Chicago hopefully, thing. Hopefully, but... it's fixed, but who knows? Right. But I mean, granted, in his defense, didn't have the world's greatest quarterbacks throwing him passes while he was in Chicago. So, I mean, I was I was hoping the Bears might be able to bring him back for one more year to see because when we lost him, we had no receivers last year, not one against, you know, last season, which is why I was heavily against the Bears drafting a quarterback, not Trubisky, not a quarterback, period. We don't like we didn't have the team to support a young quarterback. So, when we didn't bring Alshon back, the last thing I wanted was for us to draft a quarterback, and that's of course the first thing that we did. And we had no receivers. Yeah, so kind of like the Jets this year. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what they do in the offseason because they got like two billion dollars in cap space. So 
we'll see what they can do yeah, to, to, to help out uh, uh, Sam Darnold uh, there. But, um, you know, so I'm, I'm intrigued about this game uh, on Sunday to see how much the, the storylines factor into into the game itself. You know, will, will Alshon, will he taunt the crowd if he does something? Because he, he can be that guy, you know. He, he, he likes to be showy when he does well and, and things like that. So yeah. I wonder if he's going to taunt the crowd if he makes a good catch or a you know, a touchdown pass or, or anything like that. And, uh, you know, the fans are going to take that personally, the stuff that he said, uh, you know, even though he actually did take some of it back later on, I don't think anybody knows that he actually took some of it back. Like he loved the city of Chicago oh, sure. and stuff like that. Everybody's just going to remember that's that stuff he said to the, to the press during his little scrum in, in the locker room. That's what they're going to remember on Sunday. Not that he took yeah. some of it back or, you know, that he apologized for some of the things he said, but uh, you know, can can Foles, you know, uh, will his ribs play any factor into him getting rid of the ball on Sunday? You know, like if I if, think I think it could, I think it could definitely. You think so? Um, yeah, with going with such a quick passing attack, I think we're going to try to get the ball to Golden Tate, who hasn't really been too much of a factor this year. Nothing um, Idola. And I think if he takes one big shot from Eddie Goldman or Keem Hicks or obviously Cleo Mack, sure. that could just that could kind of throw him off his, his rhythm. Sure, sure. I mean, especially if it's your ribs, man. I mean, that's that's a tough injury to play through. Yeah. Because everything yeah. hurts when your ribs hurt. It's it's amazing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I had – Especially if they're on the ball, you're in motion and – yeah, completely changed when that when that area is just. And what side is it on? Is it on his throwing side or his left side? Uh, yeah, it's on the throwing side. It is on a throw. Oh man, so yeah, that's that's tough. You know, so breathing hurts. You can't sleep well. You know that kind of thing. When your when your ribs are ailing you, it, it's pretty much it pretty much incapacitates you. So the fact that he's playing through it speaks a lot about him and his desire to to help the team win. But uh, you know, it could also. It could also be his Achilles heel on Sunday if he does, in fact, take a shot uh, at some point. You know, just the overall desire not to feel that pain anymore. Not that he's afraid to get hit, but not to hurt like that may factor into him making an errant throw or, you know, throwing it a step too soon or or anything like that. So that's something that we'd have to keep our eyes on if, in fact, the Bears can get to him. Definitely, definitely. So you're an Eagles fan. How does the game unfold, or what what needs to happen on Sunday for the Eagles to be able to uh, earn a trip to New Orleans for a rematch with the Saints? Uh, I think, like last year, our defensive line is going to have to be the catalyst that makes this team go. Uh, Michael Bennett has been on a tear of late. Um, ever since Derek Barnett went down, he got the starting job. Him, Fletcher Cox, I've been getting to the quarterback nonstop. And Jim Schwartz, he's hasn't blitzed all season past two games thrown in a couple of blitzes once in a while which has been a uh a good sight to see getting to the quarterback like that so i think that's going to be the key to success is getting jubisky kind of off his game letting the letting their offense kind of stall and then having nick Foles kind of methodically manage the game how many sacks do you guys end up with because i'm seeing chris long had six and a half and bonco bennett finished with nine uh, Graham had four, Cox with ten and a half. I mean, how how many? How did you guys round out for the year? Um, we finished with because the Bears um, with the I think the two or three that we had on against Minnesota rounded out at at a good round number of fifty uh, on or for we, the year. Yeah, we were up 
44. 44, okay. So you guys are up there. Yeah, I think, that, well. I think that's honestly going to be the, the – uh, the most fun thing to watch is those two defensive lines go go at it with the uh, opposing offensive lines. How are you guys against the run this year? Um, we're good. We're stout against the run like okay. last year. Fletcher Cox has been having another Pro Bowl type season. He's uh, constantly getting through double teams and just making tackles for losses all over the place. He's three yeah. sacks against the Redskins. So yeah, he's been. Well, one of the thing that's goal. yeah, one of the thing that's intriguing about Cox or why he's held in such high regard is like Aaron Donald. He's an interior uh, defensive lineman, correct? Yes. Yeah, okay. he plays yeah, he play tackle. So, I mean, he's, uh, you know, I mean, Aaron Donald somehow ended up with nearly 21 sacks this year, which is bananas for an inside uh, defensive lineman. But, I mean, like. Yeah, he was he was two off, right? Two off the lead? Yeah. The record? Yeah, he was yeah, two off. That's incredible. So, but the one thing that I like to say is that it's the Bears that contributed to that because he didn't touch Trubisky in that game against the against <laughs> the Bears. We 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 handled yeah. Aaron Donald in that one. So, uh, I think it was because of us that he didn't get that record. So I just, or at least I, that's what I like to believe. Anyway, yeah, but no, um, yeah. you know, it's like, but 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 ten and a half sacks for an interior lineman is nothing to sneeze at, as well, especially since it led the team. Mm-hmm. And he is running mate, uh, Timmy Jernigan. He was out. Um, for a majority of the, she- of the season as well, so he's um, he's been back and he's been getting a lot of double teams themselves, which leaves Fletcher one on one with a lot of guards, and he wins that matchup. I would say like seventy five percent of the time. All right, so there you have it. The uh, so the matchup in the trenches that's what's going to win the game. Whoever whoever controls the line of scrimmage will will probably come out ahead on Sunday. I think so. All right, so. You got a score prediction? Do you like to do that, or do you just stay so like I'm, I'm picking the Eagles to win, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, or do you like to, to throw? I mean, we 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 are sponsored by a betting uh, company, by you know, after all, so you know, do you know what the line? Yeah, I think I will, I the think line. I the line is um, five and a the half. Biggest one of the it, it's. I think went up to six. The biggest one of the uh, of Walk Our Weekend. Yeah. Um, Eagles plus six. Um, I think I would take. Eagles plus six, but I do think they're going to lose this one. Mm. Uh, it's going to be an absolute slugfest, I think. Yeah. It's a defensive battle. You know, everyone getting in each other's faces. Um, I think the Bears are going to sneak it out when 17-13. 17-13, okay. Yeah, I, I think it'll probably be something in that realm, number one, because the Bears have played an exciting game just about every single week. Uh, of the year I mean we had a couple of blowout uh, victories that won against uh, Tampa where Trubisky went off for six touchdown passes we had an easy Sunday against the Bills surprise surprise a couple of weeks after that but for the most part it's uh, a lot of one score games even in the games that we lost I think uh, in our four losses you combine for like 12 points or 13 points or something being the difference in those four losses uh, for the Bears so I mean it's it's been it's been interesting being a Bear fan uh, this year with it, with pretty much every game coming down to the wire, regardless of who we are uh, playing with. Uh, you know, if even in even in our dominant games, the scores have been close. I mean, even though we pulverized the the Rams, it was fifteen to six, so they were always in the game. Same thing with the Vikings, twenty five to twenty, their first game on Sunday Night Football. Not the biggest margins of victories, even though the Bears were definitely the more dominant uh, team. Yeah, so, and I would say. I would say the exact same thing with the Eagles besides the the two games against the Redskins this year. Sure. 
and you know it's uh, this this coming uh, Sunday. It's 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 going to be fun. You know, I absolutely think it's going to be a lot of fun. Weather isn't going to be a factor, so it's just going to be a matter of who can strap them up and get it done uh, on Sunday yep. between the uh, two teams. So, uh, Matt, I appreciate you uh, coming on to the show. We play the NFC East next week, so I or excuse me, next year. So I look forward to mm-hmm. uh, to having you back when we uh, when we get around to that. Of course, Larry. Thanks for having me on. All right, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Matthew Lucci, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-L-U-C-C-I underscore. And then on Instagram, same thing, Matthew Lucci. All right. And he's from the Armchair Bird Gang, one of my fellow armchair brethren. Matt, thanks for being on the show. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again. Once again, I want to thank Matt for uh, being on the show and uh, helping us th- uh, get through that preview. Bears and Eagles, and um, you know, really interested to see uh, how this game is going to uh, to turn out uh, on Sunday. You know, the the Bears, the the one great thing, and I've been talking to a bunch of my friends this week about this, and the the thing that feels so different uh, about this team, and maybe I've mentioned this to you guys earlier this week. But I, I don't think I mentioned it this way, is that in, in the past, that you know, there has been a sense of doubt, a sense of dread, just because in the past, the Bears have always struggled when the stage got big, you know, whether it be, you know, Sunday night games or Thursday nighters against the, the Packers always coming up short in those games when it came to playing somebody that we had to be better than if we wanted to advance, you know, or to prove that we were legit, the bears would always come up short in those games more times than not. And just about every single time this year, when the bears have come into a game where they have had to answer the call, they've met it more than they haven't this year. And as a matter of fact, ever since losing that game to the Patriots, They have met it every single time. They had that Sunday night game against Minnesota, the Sunday night game against the Rams, having to put away the Packers at home, um, you know, coming up, uh, you know, against that scrappy 49er team. And then this past Sunday, when they basically had nothing to play for, it was about keeping Minnesota out. It was about maintaining dominance in the division. The Bears answered the call in a place where they do not have much success, almost none, as a matter of fact. They have answered the call, and that's why I'm not as nervous going into this game as I would have been you know, in the past. Even with those good lovey teams that we had back in the day, the Bears always found a way to come up short when the stage got big. I mean, hell, our last the playoff appearance in 2010, we had a chance to keep Green Bay out. If we win Week 17 in Green Bay, we send the Packers home, and I forget who would have gotten in instead of them, but instead, the Packers play their way in an awesome, awesome game. Don't let the 10-3 to score uh, fool you. It was a fantastic football game. It was a lot of fun uh, to watch. A lot of defense, especially if you're a big fan of that. But we don't keep the Packers out. They play their way in. They end up beating the Bears in Soldier Field in the NFC Championship game and going to the Super Bowl and winning it. 
the Bears could have prevented that, and they didn't, you know. And coming up short against Green Bay in the NFC title game, that's another uh, example there. But there have been several instances over the years, you know, Sunday night against the Texans back in 2012 when they are both 7-1, and one, making the argument for who is the best team in football. The Bears come up short that day. The, the 2013, week, week 17, Green Bay in Chicago for the division, we come up short. You know, it just seemed like whenever the stage got big, the Bears got small, and that hasn't happened to us this year. You know, we weren't able to beat Brady in, and the Patriots in Chicago. That's our only home loss of the season. We haven't lost since, and we also haven't come up short when the stage called for us to come up big. The Bears came up big in those games. They came away with victories, and that's why I don't have that sense of dread or doubt. I am f- supremely confident that the Bears will win uh, on Sunday supremely I have no doubt whatsoever the Bears will win the game you know can they lose absolutely the Philadelphia Eagles are a good football team they're riding high so on and so forth it's the NFL anything can happen but smart money is on the Bears smart money is on the Bears if you're betting on Philadelphia you're betting with emotion you know you you just heard Matt himself the diehard lifelong Eagle fan pick against his team because that's the right pick you pick the Bears to win this game they they are the better team they're playing at home. It's it's going to run out for the Eagles at some point or so, you know, we Bear fans want to believe. But I don't think anybody is going into this game with any kind of sense of dread or doubt that they would have in years past. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm not losing any sleep whatsoever about the Bears playing the Eagles on Sunday. I'm not going to lose any sleep next week when we play the Rams on Saturday. We're going to kick the holy crap out of the Rams if we go to and I'm even though we're playing on the road, I am supremely confident the Bears will win that game. You know, I might lose a little sleep if we have to go to New Orleans and play the Saints, but hopefully the Cowboys or the Seahawks take care of that for us. We can play that game in Soldier Field. So we'll have to, to, to wait and see. That's the one place I don't want to go. I don't want to go to New Orleans. I'll play the Saints all day in Soldier Field, but that's not going to happen. So we got to go to the Superdome. I'd rather not. So <laughs> that's the only one. It's I might lose a wink or two that week, but I know that my Bears are, you know, are an awesome squad this year. They are legit, 100% legit, which is why nobody can really count them out. And, you know, what I said earlier about Mitch being the quote-unquote weak link, it's, it's a legitimate concern, but, you know, we're not losing games because of him. We're just not winning. We're not, we're not winning games because of him, but we're not losing games because of him either. He's, he basically is a game manager. That's the progress that he's made this year. We have seen a lot of growth out of Mitch this season even though his stats have been up and down his progress has been steady the mistakes that he made this week he didn't make them again the week after you know that disastrous night that he had against the Rams the defense was able to to carry him that week and he came back I don't think he's thrown interceptions since uh that game so progress growth and uh like I said I've been saying it all year long but really looking forward to 2019 when it comes to Mitch Trubisky and what kind of progress he can make with a full offseason with the system, a full offseason with Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller uh, and all that kind of stuff going through OTAs and everything really should see some substantial growth in year three uh, for Trubisky in year two of the Matt Nagy system with all those same uh, players and, and, and such. So, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm supremely confident the Bears can and will uh, win on Sunday uh, against the Eagles and I'll feel the exact same way uh, when we head out to Los Angeles because if we win we're going to LA that's the only way it's going down and um, 
you know, if the if Philly wins, the lowest seed goes to the highest seed uh, for for the number one seed. So the Phillies six, they're the last team in. If they win, they go to number one. They get to go to they have a rematch in New Orleans with the Saints where they lost forty eight seven earlier this year. I don't know how that would go for them, but uh, if the Bears win, the number two seed hosts the highest available seed. They don't get any higher than the Bears as far as uh, teams not on the bye. The Bears are number three. We go to Los Angeles no matter what. That's the path. If we win at home, we're going to L.A. So we'll see how it all uh, how it all bangs out. But um, what I mentioned before and what I want to touch on again just before we get out of here is the, the, the thing about our offense this year. Like I said, we paid Allen Robinson all that money to come in and be our number one receiver, and I think he's second or third on the team as far as catches this year. Only had about 700 yards or so in, in, in catches this season. And granted, he missed a game, a couple of games, I think three or four games uh, this year. But we haven't needed Allen Robinson to be that go-to guy. Uh, the, the, the great thing about this offense and all the guys that we did go and sign, Trey Burton, Taylor Gabriel, drafting Anthony Miller, uh, having um, uh, Shaheen uh, come back and, and, and everything, it has been a, a, you know, we can spread the football around, and not to mention we got Tariq Cohen coming out of the backfield from time to time, Taquan Mazel. We've been utilizing all of our parts, all of our tools, all of our weapons, and that's why, you know, you can't, like with the Eagles, I'm fairly certain, I mean, they've got two weapons that we want to keep our eyes on, Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey. You know, we, we, we need to bottle up Ertz. We basically need to shut him down. Or actually, I think Alshon's the one we need to shut down. Ertz is the one that we need to contain, especially on third down, as, as Matt said. So, I mean, that's what we want to do there. With the Bears, if you shut down Anthony Miller, that's going to open things up for Trey Burton and, you know, and, and Taylor Gabriel. and Or, excuse me, with – yeah. So, I mean, shut down Robinson. You got three other guys that Mitch likes to throw the football to on the regular. So – it wouldn't be like uh, the, you know the old Bears where if you take Brandon Marshall out of the game, maybe you go to Alshon Jeffrey or you know a couple years ago when you shut down Alshon Jeffrey, uh, you know maybe we can get it to Martellus. I don't know. You've taken a pretty big chunk out of our offense if you shut down this one guy. With our offense, we're able to to spread the football around. Tariq Cohen come out of the backfield. If you shut him down then you've got to worry about Trey Burton in our wide receiver core. If you, if you shut down Trey Burton, you, somebody's got to watch Tariq Cohen. I mean, it's, it's a great offense to have. It's a nice problem to have that, uh, you know, it's not like the, that first year that we had Brandon Marshall in 2012 where he had 123 catches and the next guy – or like 112 and the next guy below him had 39 or something uh, like that. There's like, you know, no mystery as to where Jay Cutler was going with the ball uh, back in the day, so – that's the one great thing about our offense, not to mention Jordan Howard is running the football very, very well. Nearly 400 yards over the last uh, four games, a handful of touchdowns, hitting his stride, and was named, I forgot to mention, named the uh, FedEx ground player of the week for his 109-yard performance against the, uh, against the Vikings on Sunday. So 21 carries, 109 yards. Just that five yards a carry for the game, 5.2 I think was the number, two touchdowns. Uh, as well what a way to cap off week 17 what a way to cap off the regular season to have Jordan Howard basically play his best game uh, of the year so I mean Jordan Howard's hitting his stride Tariq Cohen is uh, you know a danger no matter what he's doing catching uh, running the football returning kicks gotta watch out for him 
and our receiving core is all going to be 100% for the game or as close to as they can be at this point uh, in the year. Oh, yeah, and we also have the best defense in the NFL. Number one against the run, uh, thanks to our performance against the Vikings this past Sunday. Most turnovers uh, in the league or more takeaways, I guess you could say. I think we, 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 we took third in sacks with 50 uh, this year. Yeah, we got a future Hall of Famer in Khalil Mack and a couple of uh, perennial All-Pros in, in uh, Trevathan and, and Akeem Hicks, Tra, you know, Roquan Smith. Our cornerbacks are awesome, and we just might be getting the best safety in football back on Sunday as well if Eddie Jackson plays for us. So it's a lot for anyone to handle, let alone the Philadelphia Eagles who, uh, you know, if you forgive the phrase, had to back their way in to the playoffs this week. They had to win and get help. We provided that help, and now it's time for us to send them back. And uh, for it's, it's somebody else's turn. Let's just say that. So that is going to do it for the wild card preview. Uh, I look forward to talking to you guys on Monday. And, and uh, you know, fingers crossed, just because I'm a superstitious guy, it will be a victory Monday and not the precursor to the 2018 year in review episode. So uh, here's to our beloved staying healthy, getting a good win against the Eagles, and then getting ready for the Rams in the divisional round next Saturday. So come on back Monday for what I'm sure will be a wild card victory episode. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. 
Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.